Let's refine your beauty IQ with help from the most credible and relevant industry leaders and resources. We'll help uncover the answers to your most commonly asked questions, tie them up with a pretty bow, and serve them up on a silver platter. I'm Annie Thurston, board-certified aesthetics nurse injector. And I'm Jenna Irby, licensed esthetician. Welcome Welcome to to Charm Charm School. Hey guys, we are so excited to be here with you. It is our first episode ever of Charm School. Welcome to Charm School. Welcome. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Yes. So before we dive in, first, Annie, cheers. Cheers. Love you, girl. This is a long time fabulous idea in the works, my friends. Cheers, cheers. Cheers. And if you're ever wondering who is who talking, Annie sounds like a cute little sex kitten, (laughs) and I sound like Miley Cyrus's older sister. So if you're ever like, oh, who's who? That's that's how you know. I would love to be Miley Cyrus's older sister, but actually her mom, they are so gorgeous. (laughs) So gorgeous. So gorgeous. Okay. So continuing. So what is Charm School? So you guys, Charm School is us helping you refine your beauty IQ. It is helping you polish up your consumer awareness and to learn from the best and most credible, relevant industry leaders and resources. So that's kind of a theme that you'll see throughout Charm School. We will host different guests that we feel are most relevant and credible to our industry that can help serve you better as the consumer and as the patient. We always want to make sure that we are bringing you guys the most exciting, up-to-date, gold standard treatments. We know that this industry can be sometimes tough to navigate, And we also know that it can be a bit overwhelming, but it is also so, so, so exciting. And we are so passionate about this. And so we cannot wait to share all of the information um, that we uncover because we will also simultaneously be learning with you. Because while I am a nurse injector and I know so much about different injectable procedures, skincare, lasers, microneedling, Jenna is an esthetician. She knows so much about different skincare procedures, skincare products so many things. We also are completely ignorant to so many other things in aesthetics. And so we are so excited to learn simultaneously with you. We are lifelong learners ourselves. Yes, we are. Yes. So you guys, just a quick side note. We always want to make sure that you, your health, your safety is coming first. So anything that you might hear on this podcast, anything that you might see on our website or on our blog, you might see on Instagram or hear from any other professional that we might be hosting on the podcast, make sure that this is safe for you. So always check with your healthcare provider to see if the procedures or any of the treatments that we're talking about are safe for you to have yourself before you go out and try to do it. Yes. And never disregard something that your own medical professional provider has told you because of something that you have heard on our podcast or have seen on our website or Instagram page. So when we were trying to figure out what to do for this first podcast, we were like, hmm, what would be the best way to go about this? Because we really want to showcase what the entire season is going to be about. And we were like, hmm, duh, let's Instagram poll our audience. And that is exactly what we did. So because this show is about the consumer and consumer awareness and polishing up and refining your beauty IQ, you guys are the best people and the best resource for us to ask or to answer your most commonly um, asked questions. So that's what we did. We pulled Instagram. And based upon that, we got some really amazing questions that we are going to dive into right now. Please keep in mind that we are going to answer these questions to the best of our ability. But throughout the season, we will definitely really deep dive into them specifically based upon the different 
guests that we're hosting. So if your question is not getting answered right now, just know that it will likely be answered throughout the remaining season of Charm School. Right. And we may even elaborate more on the topics that we talk about today. Um, we're going to keep today a little bit more service level so that you can get a brief overview about what we'll be uncovering here. Exactly. Exactly. So without further ado, like I said, we did get a lot of questions and these are questions that my actual facial clients often have for me as well. And a lot of it has to do with injectables, right? So people are coming in for their, you know, routine skincare services and they want to know how they can maximize their routine chemical peel, dermaplaning, whatever they're coming to see me for. And the answer is going to be Botox and filler. And there is generally confusion between the two. So Annie, can you go into a little bit more about the difference between Botox versus filler? What I would say generally, the difference between Botox and filler, Botox is primarily used in the upper third of the face. So it's, it's typically used for the prevention of lines above the brows, between the brows, around the eyes. There are also some off-label applications in the lower portion of the face, um, but primarily Botox is used in that upper third. Now, when you're talking about volume depletion, bone loss, shadows, sagging, things like that, filler is usually better suited for that. And so that is usually used in the lower two-thirds of the face. Got it. Got it. And I try to explain that to my clients, but clearly you can explain it much better and you can advise them more appropriately. Um, and on that topic of Botox, so the difference between Botox and Dyspore, because I do get that question mm -hmm. a lot as well. Definitely. And I personally have had both and I tend to have a favor. I lean more towards one, but I don't really know why I do. So is there like an explanation of why you feel one might work different for somebody than somebody else or in general, just the differences? Yeah. So that's, that's a great question. It's something that I get almost on a daily basis. So Botox and Dysport, along with some other products that you may have heard of, maybe being Xeomin or Nutox, which is relatively new to the market. Those are all what we call neuromodulators. So essentially they all work basically the same. They do the same thing. They have the same mechanism of action. What they do is they temporarily relax the muscles that cause repeated lines. And typically that means above <coughs> the brows, between the brows, around the eyes. Now, the way that they differ is the dosing. So they come to us in a freeze-dried vial. They're with powder. They're, they're made, they're basically, they are freezed frozen powder. And so we have to reconstitute those medications and they are differently reconstituted. So the dosing is different. So people sometimes come to me and they say, why does, you know, XYZ down the street charge $3 for a Dysport and they charge $10 a unit for Botox. And the reason that is, is because the dosing is different. So I never want my patients to base a decision off of the pricing. It always has to do with whichever product that they like best. So, so in general, when somebody is paying for this out of pocket, do they end up being relatively the same price? They do. So I was, yes. So no matter which product that you're using in my office to get the job done for you and your anatomy, you're going to pay the same price, whether you pick Botox or Discord. Got it. Got it. And, and that is how it should be. So the one thing I will say, if you've tried a medication and you think that you don't like it, um, the dosing really is important. So for example, with Botox, 
The FDA recommends that you receive 64 units when you're treating your high forehead, your glabella lines, which are your 11 lines, and then also your crow's feet to achieve a three to four month duration. Now, if you're not achieving that three to four month duration, it could be that maybe your unit number is not quite high enough. Um, if you've played around with that and it's still not working, you might consider trying another you know, neurotoxin or neuromodulator and you may do better with that. But typically I do not see patients, you know, having a better outcome with one or the other, generally speaking. So everybody's just kind of different. Their body all kind of responds differently. Right. Got right. it. Right. On that note, so I've been doing Botox since I was in my late 20s, right? Same. So when I first started doing Botox, I never did the full recommended dosage, so to speak. And right. I felt like I still got really good results. Would you say that somebody who is newer to Botox or Dysport might not need the full dosage? So what I would say, honestly, everybody's anatomy is very different. So there are still patients that are in their mid-30s that I may not treat them totally on label because they may just not need that. I, just like you, when I started, when I was, I think I was 27 the first yeah. time that I received any neuromodulator, um, hashtag no regrets. Yes, um, no regrets. I would say Rejuvenation. I, I probably did start at a lower unit number. Um, now, I don't think that it has anything to do with anything other than we pay attention to it. We, we are getting older. Our skin is getting thinner. Sure. You know, so I yep. think that's probably why if your number has gone up a little bit, it could be age related. Sure. Absolutely. That makes sense. Um, on that note, you know, I'm somebody that talks about pre rejuvenation a lot. You know, we can rejuvenate sure. and we can reverse skin aging, but being proactive and doing prejuvenation is such a relevant topic these days. I think that social media has made that extremely relevant. For sure. What age do you feel it is appropriate for somebody potentially to start doing Botox? So the FDA says that anybody over the age of 18 is safe to have a neuromodulator injection. That doesn't necessarily mean that you need to start when you're 18 years old. I would say if you have any lines that you see are starting to form, you might even see them there at rest. You might see them deepening or deeper when you wake up in the morning. I would say consult, you know, do a consultation with a professional that's in your area. See if the treatment is right for you. Um, I would say on average, you know, most patients in our practice start anywhere after 25, you know, 30s, 35, 40, and then it goes up, up, up. I have patients in their 80s. So, right. um, you know, I, I think that if you see a line you're concerned with it, make a consultation. In my practice, if I don't think somebody is ready for something, I'm going to turn them away. But if you are wanting to do something as a means of prejuvenation, you know, prevention, I'm all for it. I am on the same page as you, girlfriend. So let me ask you one other question about Botox, because we did have some questions from our audience about safety and studies. And this can be a very elongated question, I feel <laughs> like. Um, but and we can dive more into this in future episodes, but are there really any studies associated with the long-term effects of Botox, the initial effects of Botox and health? So I think this is definitely a question we can dive into a lot deeper. Um, however, no medication that is on the market that has been FDA approved would be approved if it wasn't safe to use. So 
Um, you know, I, I hear sometimes people concern that Botox is poison and things like this. At the dosing that we're using it at, that's really not something that you need to be concerned with. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're super safe. So Botox has been on the market since about 2003. Dysport actually came to the market in Europe before that. So Dysport's actually older than Botox is. Um, they're super, super safe. A lot of times you'll hear of things in Europe before you'll hear about them here in the United States because they actually have a lot more things there. Um, I'm not you know, familiar personally with what their approval process is for different products in their market. Um, but I know that the FDA is very, very strict as far as what they approve. So a lot of times you'll see things there first that then later come to market here. And they're all very, very safe. If I didn't think they were safe, I would not be injecting them on a daily basis. Got it, girlfriend. That was, I think, the gist of all the Botox filler questions that we have. Um, actually, nope, there is one more that I actually want to ask. Um, lip injections. Lip injections seem to kind of be like the new thing, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe not the new thing, but kind of what is just popping up in those Instagram feeds left and right. And we all have that real serious lip envy. For sure. Um, Do you have to continue to do lip injections? I guess if you start doing lip injections and you stop doing them, does it kind of like deflate like a balloon would or like how? (laughs) It's definitely a question that I get (laughs) on probably a daily basis. People are worried that their skin is going to be stretched out. So just rest assured. I'm going to get that right out of the way. No, you do not need to worry about that. Um, When it comes to lip injections, um, I in my practice and I would think in 99% of other practices, hyaluronic acid fillers are what are used. And hyaluronic acid is a naturally occurring acid in our bodies. And so the body knows what to do with that acid. It is a very conservative amount of product. And so your skin is very smart. Just like if you were to gain or to lose weight over time, the skin knows to stretch or to go back. And so doing things responsibly, not overfilling the lips, not putting your lips um, in danger of, you know, it's like a gradual, it's a gradual process, sure, right? So somebody sure. who comes in and like it, shows you a photo and is like, I want these lips. You might not be able to do that on that first treatment, correct? For sure. And so the, the product also, because it's, you know, a hyaluronic acid, it breaks down, you know, gradually. So if for someone, for some reason, say somebody also wanted to dissolve product, um, if for some reason they didn't like filler in their lip, again, you would not be left with a deflated, um, you know, situation that would not, I don't be, want to deflate it. That situation. would not be a situation. Okay. Um, I will also give me all the say lips. the other thing to kind of keep in mind, just to kind of jump on the, the question about bringing a photo in and people wanting something that, you know, they see a picture of and they want to look exactly like, like I would JLo or people like, yes, let me be JLo. I want to be JLo. I want to be Duh. Margot Robbie, obviously. <laughs> um, I would say the best thing to do is look at celebrities or look at pictures online of people who have anatomy that is a similar anatomy to you. Um, That's something I think that is frustrating for people when they come in and they show me a picture of Blake Lively and they want Blake Lively's, you know, XYZ and their anatomy is totally different. Um, You know, while the the syringe is a very powerful thing, I think it's, it's good to set realistic expectations for sure. Totally. Do you think that injections are the way of the future? Do you think that they would potentially eliminate the need for plastic surgery if and when somebody wanted to go down that route? I think that the aesthetics industry as a whole is such an exciting, you know, industry to be a part of. And with that, I will say that while injectables are so advanced now, and they used to be 
you know, really kind of one size fits all. There was not that many options out. There's now so many different options that are tailor made to specific parts of your body. So there's fillers that are great for, you know, cheeks, jawlines, lips, depending on what type of lip look that you want. Um, but I do believe that the aesthetics industry as a whole is so important and we're all such power partners together. Um, I don't think that anything is ever going to replace an esthetician. You need to have great skincare. You need to have great skincare treatments. You need to have great injectables and you are probably going to have surgery at some point for something. I don't think anything replaces each other. Um, I think they're all, you know, able to complement one another. And I think that to best preserve any surgical procedure, you're probably going to need skin and injectable treatments as well. Yes, I yes. love that. I am 100% on the same page with you with that answer. Yes. Love it. Love it. Okay, girlfriend. Well, thank you for answering those questions. Like I said earlier, we will deep dive more into these throughout the season of Charm School when we can host some additional guests that can really speak to these topics and give you guys some more information and continue to help you refine your beauty IQ. Yay. Thank you. Yay. So exciting. Yay, yay, yay. Okay. So, Miss Jenna. <gasps> yes. Let's get into these. Yes, I can't Skincare questions. Wait. So exciting. I love all the questions. We had so many great questions, you guys. Thank you so much for participating. Again, if you don't hear your question, don't worry. We're going to get into a lot of other questions later that if we felt like there was something we could deeper dive on, we might be saving your question for a later episode. Yes. So with that, a really commonly asked question that I get in my practice about skincare is about retinol. So can you? Yes. Yes. I love retinol. Retinol. Holy grail. Can you kind of elaborate a little bit, a little bit more about retinol, how to use retinol. Yes. How to look for the right retinol. retinol. If you have skin and are not pregnant, you need to be on retinol. That's, and you're breathing. <laughs> and you're breathing and you're not pregnant or nursing, you should be on retinol. <laughs> so retinol is the, what I would say the gold standard in age reversal. It has been proven time and time again to be able to reverse the effects of aging. So everybody unless you were in the category that I just mentioned, needs to be on retinol. Yes. And it is something that is generally used as a nighttime product and will help with fine lines, collagen synthesis. It can actually even help with brightening and lightening the skin. So it really is one of those products that everybody should be on. I totally agree with you. Yeah. I feel like all of my products that I use, all my serums better absorb because of my retinol. It just removes my dead layer of skin cells. Totally. And if I could only be on one product other than SPF, I mean, it would for sure be retinol. I totally agree with you. Yep. Yep. So that's the gold standard. And retinol. vitamin C also. <laughs> yes. And Botox, but yes. also retinol. <laughs> we need everything all the time. We need all the things. So um, let's see. So getting back to procedures, how long would you wait between different procedures? A lot of people ask me that. Like, how often should I be getting treatment done? How often should I have microneedling? How often should I have a right. peel? How often should I have a laser? What would you say? Yeah. So with my services in studio with my clients, most of my clients, like 95% are regulars, I would say, meaning that they're here frequently. And I always tell those clients, you really should be here 
at best every four weeks. If you can't swing that, come as often as you can. Let's get you on some good home care. But if you can be here every four weeks to six weeks, that is ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, as we age, our skin cell turnover process slows down. Our skin cells become super sluggish. Therefore, we need the ingredients and the modalities that we can offer in a skincare facial service to help you age as graceful as possible. So with the services that you're receiving, particularly, let's say, microneedling, for example, depending upon the studies that are associated with the device you're using, the device I use, for example, their studies show you should be in approximately every four weeks if you're trying to achieve the studies um, that they're demonstrating really every four weeks. Right. So basically come see me monthly. Go see your SD bestie every single month. Totally. We all need something. Dermoplaning, something. Yes. Would you say that, just to kind of further elaborate on that topic a little bit, do you make exceptions as far as like if somebody had acne, would you want to see them every two weeks? If somebody had, you know, if somebody had yeah, potentially, potentially, yes. So if somebody comes in with a highly sensitized skin barrier and we have to kind of go slow at first. And what I mean by that is slow and steady sometimes does win the race. You, can't, you cannot dive into those stronger treatments after the bat if somebody comes in and they have a sensitized skin barrier. So if we're really trying to repair the skin barrier, um, treat acne, potentially they could be coming into the studio every two to three weeks. And that might just be for the initial, you know, three, four treatments until we really help repair that skin barrier. We get them on some great home care. And then they're coming in for that more routine four to six week treatment. Totally. I love it. Dedication is key. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you touched on this a little bit, but when we're talking about microneedling, there's definitely a lot, I would say, going around in the industry. Um, And I think now it's kind of coming down to consumers where people are, you know, aware that there are different pens that professionals use that are FDA approved versus not FDA approved. Can you elaborate a little bit on why that is and how that's allowed? Yes, absolutely. So microneedling, it's an interesting topic. So currently there are two devices in the U.S. market that are, quote, FDA approved. And the device that I particularly use went through significant studies to demonstrate safety, Um, actually 90 different studies over a three-year period to demonstrate the safety of of the pen. So there are other devices out there that people are buying and potentially might be okay, but they're not undergoing specific studies that give them that credibility and that FDA clearance, so to speak. Right. So... I don't know. Like it's kind of a it's a weird it's a weird it's a weird, it's a weird thing, thing right? So personally, like I love the fact that my pen has gone over ninety validated studies associated with it. Um, I like knowing that my needles are coming coming from a certain state. I like having control and knowledge of knowing the safety of my pen, and so that's the pen that I'm going to use. Right, I totally <laughs> agree with you. I think like the biggest takeaway probably is making sure that your provider is using something that has disposable, you know, pieces, of course. And the biggest thing I would say is please don't use a microneedling home roller. Oh, yes. And don't please go to anybody that also uses. Oh, yes. No, no, no. Not to shame, but that's just that's just not safe. No. And bacteria and it's yeah. 
we're not going to go yeah, there at this that's point. Just that's just that's another topic of conversation. We would just draw the line there, just red flags. All yes. So. Yeah, I mean, you you should be going to somebody who is offering microneedling with an FDA approved device because you want to make sure that you are going to somebody whose whose pen is safe and you know that you're getting the best service and you're not putting yourself at risk. So, right. and it, people that know what they're doing and they're well educated and you know, again, not to shame anything, but if if education. I don't want to be eating a device out of a back alley in LA. Like where is this device coming from? Where are these needles coming from? Like that's a scary thing. Going to a provider that knows better. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the FDA topic is interesting and it can be a fragile topic because you know, there's a lot of non FDA approved products on the market, like vitamins, for example, vitamins are not FDA approved, but a lot of naturopathic medical doctors and chiropractors use them in their practice. And there's amazing results with them. And there's studies associated with, you know, third-party studies associated with right. um, those types of products. So it depends upon, I think, the product and what you're doing it for. And, you know, what in, you're the, in the event of microneedling, I think having an FDA-approved pen is very important. Yeah, it's never a bad thing. It, I don't. I, it's kind of a newer thing to have an FDA approval for microneedling devices. So I think if somebody's gone through the rigorous testing and has the evidence-based studies to show that their device is safe, it's never a bad thing. Totally. Yep. So lastly, we have lots of questions about pigments. So different treatment options for brown (laughs) spots and melasma, invasive, non-invasive. What do you think? Yeah. So this is, I see this every single day in my skincare practice and, um, well, not with my established clients because we're, we're fixing that. We're lightening and brightening. <laughs> we're if, corrected. Yes. But if we're ever getting somebody new that comes in and there were a lot of questions from the Instagram audience about how do I get rid of these, quote, brown spots or this hyperpigmentation. And, you know, hyperpigmentation is something that accumulates over time. It's it's from sun damage. It's from injury. It is um, basically an, an excess of melanin production in the skin that causes that brown pigment to form. And it can be challenging to treat, but it also can be relatively easy to treat if you're coming in for services and we are treating it appropriately, you know, by the use of chemical peels, potentially laser at home care is so, so important being on a vitamin C, maybe some type of lightning agent, um, retinol. I mean, there are so many factors that influence correcting hyperpigmentation. So, while it can be frustrating initially when somebody comes in, they're usually pretty hopeful when they leave because you can actually get pretty great results if you're going to somebody who's qualified to treat hyperpigmentation. And then at that point, it's really about managing that, right? So coming in for your routine services, making sure that you're listening to your qualified esthetician or skincare professional about home care products. And, um, you know, really it's like a lifestyle change at that point too, you know, like not hanging out in the sun, you know, you're doing things that are consistently protecting your skin. You're you're more aware of the fact that you have sun damage and that you want to protect it and make sure that it doesn't come back aggressively. Um, melasma is a little bit different. That is more influenced by hormone irregularities, potentially stress, thyroid issues, um, heat. Being pre- heat, being pregnant. Um, getting off birth control. So melasma is specifically influenced by hormones, which can be a little bit harder to treat and often not as easy as, quote, hyperpigmentation. It's kind of a lifestyle 
like a lifetime it's a condition. life it's a lifetime condition absolutely and there is a lot of ways that you can go about to to help manage it. That's the best way I can put it is to right. help manage it. Right. Um, chemical peels are usually the best option to treat melasma. There are some lasers that have shown effectiveness in treating it. But if you get the incorrect rate laser in the incorrect hands, it can actually worsen your melasma. Right. So it's a little bit intimidating. I am laser certified. I do not offer laser. I refer out for that. Um, Same. So you want to make sure that whoever you're going to has a lot of knowledge about lasers and knows what they're doing if they're treating your melasma with a laser because that could go wrong real quick. Really quick. And just to piggyback on that, I would recommend that, you know, if you're not sure and you want to make sure a laser is super, super safe for you, you could always ask the provider to do a test patch on you. And I don't think any provider would ever have any issue with that to see if you have any weird reactions to it right. before you treat your whole face. The, and I totally agree with that. The thing too is that sometimes laser can actually make melasma look better initially and then over time can make it worse too. So because of that heat that that laser can potentially generate in the skin. So I believe that the halo is one that is quoted able to treat melasma. And there's a few others that have claimed to be able to help melasma. But again, you just got to be so careful with it. And I personally feel like if you can manage it best through chemical peels, also potentially seeking out to like a naturopathic medical doctor to really determine if there is some hormonal imbalance, adrenal fatigue, stress, something else that could be triggering it, you really want to take a holistic approach to it. And that is something that I feel so passionate about with skin that I always talk to my clients about is that you have to take a holistic approach to the skin. It can't just be that you're getting injectables and facials. Um, I'm a huge advocate for naturopathic medical, um, naturopath medical doctors and just what they're able to provide from a hormone perspective. Um, also, you know, seeing your dermatologist and your OB, they can give you some relevant information as well. But as far as melasma goes, that melasma goes, that can be a tricky one. So make sure that whoever you're seeing really has a good grasp of that. Right. And maybe even feel free to ask them for before and after photos um, to see if, if they have any other patients that maybe have similar conditions to what you might be experiencing to, so you can see how yes, they look after absolutely. their treatment. That's such a good point too. Like personally, I love to have my own before and afters because that's great if, you know, the company that I'm representing or partnering with sends me their clinical studies and that's good information. But until I see it with my own clients and can really show that to my clients, I think that is demonstrates more impact. I totally agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Are we ready for uh, some rapid fire questions? Oh my God, it's time. Okay. So who's going first? I'll ask you. I got you, girl. Great. So we, we have some uh, questions just so you guys as the audience and listeners can get to know Annie and I a little bit better and what our philosophy is and our approach and just like kind of the more the fun side of us. Um, we're going to ask some questions that Annie does does not, does not know quite yet. It's not been prepped. (laughs) Okay. You got to answer real quick, girlfriend. Okay, ready? Okay, so you don't want any explanation. No, just be like, just just answer that. Answer it. Fine. What is your favorite service to offer? (gasps) Cheek filler. Yes. What is one thing that would surprise people about your work? Well. Well. Rapid fire. Man, I know this is supposed to be rapid fire. I would say... Sometimes people have several syringes in their faces, but when things are placed strategically and they're placed appropriately, good work is invisible. 
Ooh, I like that. So people could have a lot, a whole bunch of things going on, but you might not know. Okay. So some of us know that you've just opened up your new business. Is there anything that you're like, oh man, that was a mistake? Like any like big business mistake that you've made since being here? Oh gosh. Um, honestly, that's so cheesy. I feel like I can't, I, I don't, I, they have all been learning experiences if totally. I've had any. I've been very fortunate enough, knock on wood, to not have anything catastrophic happen. Um, no, I think it's it's all good. It's all growth, you know? I love it. Yeah. Love it. So proud of you, by the way. Thank you. Okay. Push. What is um, one of your favorite Instagram accounts to follow? <gasps> Reese Witherspoon. Oh, she is fabulous. I'm so obsessed with you, Reese. If you hear this one day, I love you so much. Come be a guest on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This last one I have for you. How do you feel about the role that influencers play in the beauty industry? Okay, this is such a good question. I think that it's so much fun. Like the, the aesthetics industry, like I said earlier, is so rapidly expanding and there's so much information. And I think that, you know, with this excitement, there's there can also be some overwhelming confusion. And so I I think it's it's a lot of it's a lot of things. It's really cool that people have the ability to help others and share their experiences. Um, but I'm super excited for you and I to, to tackle some conversations with industry professionals and yes, serve up yes. some really good info. And we love our influencers. Don't yes, get us wrong. Because there are some that are very credible, but there are some interesting perspectives out there. There are. And I think it can be really confusing. And so, you know, for the consumer, very confusing. Again, you know, kind of like if you were getting any medical treatment, I wouldn't advise getting that from some random person off of the street. I would not, not that that person could be wrong, but I would say, yeah, you know, try to connect with your own, your own professionals. Professionals. Exactly. Yes. Welcome to Chum School. Welcome. <laughs> okay, perfect. So those are my rapid fire I questions love it. for you. Okay, let's see. Oh, gosh, Mine. I'm scared. So, here we go. Jenna. You're going to laugh so hard at my first question. It's so absurd. <laughs> Who's your favorite rapper? Oh, God. <laughs> Ludacris. Duh. I listen to that station like every morning when I drive out I here. know you do. It definitely. I just like <laughs> love Ludacris or 50 Cent. Oh, my God. Totally. Some old school 50. Oh. So you're not so into like Kanye, Drake. Not as much. Oh, it's a Not shame. as much. No, it's, a, I, it's a crying shame. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. Um, what is the last thing that you ate? I, oh, you know what? I don't even care about that. <laughs> you can tell them, but I know because it, it was, was like lunch. tofu and broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> trying to get that inner that, glow. Besides the summer bod meal, what's your favorite cocktail? Oh. I really do enjoy mimosas. Does that count as like an actual yeah, cocktail? Of course. Yeah, and rosé champagne. Absolutely. Duh. What is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, people who are late. And maybe oh. that's just because I'm in this industry. I'm like, if you're one minute late, you're like 20 minutes late. Yes, <laughs> respecting people's time. I know, so and huge. I just, and it's crazy because I'm also a mom. And so my entire life is like, so like, calendar structure this is the time and so if people are not respectful of time it makes me cuckoo well because i'm also obs i'm just gonna i'm just gonna dive a little mm -hmm. deeper on this people we're gonna get a what is your tool to keep you super organized 
you know, really just my iPhone calendar. Like and you I'm share not, with your husband. We do have we do have some shared stuff. Um, not a ton, but a little bit. I my brain, you guys. I literally have like fifty tabs open at all times, but I'm okay with that. Like I can, I'm a good multitasker, so like I can think of all the tasks that I have to do, and like I can just do them. Some people have a hard time with that, but for some reason, I can just do it. It's amazing. I don't know. I'm a psycho. Let's see. I have like so many questions. Let's see. One more. I'm going to pick one more. Okay, girl. Who's your favorite celebrity? Oh, Justin Timberlake. Duh. Even still? Duh. Duh. Too too soon. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, even still. Even still. I just love him. He is fabulous. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, we'll leave it. (laughs) We'll leave it at that and we'll cheers with the boob. Cheers it. (laughs) Well, I think that kind of wraps up the first episode, right? Yes. Oh my gosh, you guys, we are so excited to have you the rest of the season. We have some really amazing guests line up and we are just so excited to bring you more knowledge to polish up your consumer awareness and to really refine your beauty IQ here at Charm School. And thank you guys so, so, so much for joining us. We're so happy that you're here with us. We can't wait to learn alongside you and present you with the best information that we gain along the way. Absolutely. Cheers. 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 Charm school adjourned. (laughs) Charm school adjourned. (laughs) Thanks for tuning into that last episode. Make sure to stay connected with us. Go to wherever you download your favorite podcast to subscribe to Charm School and be the first to know when our newest episode is released. You can also connect with us on Instagram at Charm School Podcast. In addition, you can check out our personal Instagram accounts at Nurse Annabelle and at Esthetician Jenna. Also peep our blog at charmschoolpodcast.com. Hashtag welcome Welcome to Charm Charm School. school.